fuck the world, fuck my moms and my girl Well maybe not moms, just let me remain calm This too won't last, this too shall pass At least that's what I say y'all, that's what I pray for And I'm the only thing that's standing in my way y'all But I gotta be with me, it's no escape y'all I guess depression just stepped in and took over shit like it's known to do Now I'm sitting here like, what's, what's good, what it do? Alright, let's introduce this, bonus episode 2 I'm Darian. You're, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm that secret agent, man. Double O. Chef King, baby. Not, not real name? No real names? Nah, these, nah, these hoes ain't got on my real name. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my name's Jamal. It's not Jamal. <laughs> it's definitely not Jamal. <laughs> man, see, I wish it was a video recorder so you could see, like, Nigga, like help me. Like, oh, I'm not saying your real name, but it's not Jamal. You you don't look like a Jamal at all. I'm lying. It's James. It's James. It's, James. <laughs> it's Jaime, if oh, anything. It's Jose. Why? Because I'm Mexican. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> only in San Diego, uh huh, do y'all Mexicans accept me as Mexican? Where are you? Where else are you not accepted as Mexican? In LA. What, in LA, uh, the jail systems. What are you accepted as? Wait, actually, I think this is great because hold on, because this is a podcast about like the restaurants, and we we work in the we work together. What yeah. six seven years ago? Yeah. When did we meet each other? Like yeah, six seven years ago. Yeah. We've known each other for seven years. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect example of. Like, if it wasn't for restaurants, I never would have met you in my life. Facts. This Facts. is, we come from completely different backgrounds. And oh, yeah, definitely. Up until I was, I was, I, I started becoming, I became middle class in like fourth grade. <coughs> and and what, you, what, what is when my mom married my dad, I, I he moved us out. He's like, you, you guys can live here now. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This, this is our place. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have to live with poor people now. That's that's super dope. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and you that's have, what I'm. You guys have regular napkins, not McDonald's napkins. What? N- we have napkins and paper towels separate. That's two different things. Yeah. We don't have to use paper towels for everything, or McDonald's napkins for everything. Yeah, we got cloths <laughs> like our mouths. What? Two ply paper. So you want to you want to no, tell us no. you want to tell us about your background. Or not? What about it? Like, I don't know, just like go go through the simples and and like what what brought you into the kitchen? All right, so you know, obviously, you know a little bit about the story. I know, but podcast. This is a podcast. Yeah, well, I'm I'm leading up to it. Chill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm from the ghetto, straight ghetto. It's just, just not glamorous there. It's, it's, it's never glamorous. I wish I, I wasn't raised there. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those like fucked up areas. But mm-hmm. yeah, I did, I did a little time at a young age as, as a juvenile. And, and uh, I got out when I was, I just turned 23. And I got out September of that year. So a month after, a month after my birthday, I got out and I needed a job. I was high risk, high control, fucking all this bullshit, you know, prison terms and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I needed a job like a week. Uh, long story short, my sister 
used to work at a check cashing place like three miles down from the corner of Pasadena in LA. And uh, these dudes used to come cash her checks. So she asked them one day, like, yo, y'all hiring? They used to work for a catering. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, I think we need a dishwasher. She was like, yo, my little brother needs a job. Like, look him up. You know, my sister's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were like, yeah, send him down. Send him down and, you know, talk to our chef and, you know, shit like that. So went down to that same day and, you know, I got hired as a dishwasher. Uh, that's how I got into, into the business. But I was like a dishwasher for like, I want to say like two months, two months. And uh, they needed help prepping. Chef Omar, you know, that's my boy. That's my dog right there. I, I love that motherfucker to death, man. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love Gata. I love Gio. But like this motherfucker, I love him as much as I love you niggas. Because he taught me knife skills. He taught me, you know, composure. Even though I don't show composure, but he showed me composure. And, like, just showed me my way around the, you know, first kitchen. You know, it was catering. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, really looked out for me, like, a lot. Like, this mama cared, like, a lot. I was young. I was 23. Just got out, you know. It's, just got done doing 10, almost 11 years behind bars. And, uh, I was scared, like, you know. I was scared of life, like. Fuck, I got busted as a fucking kid, 12 years old, you know what I'm saying? Like, hopping out and having to be an adult right away after I just spent that much time locked up was was frightening. Was I was I didn't want to go back, but I also didn't want to stay out, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I love the freedom, but not really the freedom, you know? But, yeah, Omar taught me how to use a knife. And at the time, at the time, you know, especially, like, in catering in L.A., like, when you're around a bunch of Mexicans, you know, we use whatever knives are at our disposal, right? <laughs> so I was using butcher knives, big ass cleavers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was getting shit done. And then I got introduced to chef knives, smaller knives, sharper knives, thinner knives. Not to toot my own horn, but I do have like my knife skills are pretty OP, like they're pretty godly. You know right. What I'm saying? Like, okay. I, you know, people that tell me that shit all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like my, my knife skills and my work ethic is it it overrides all the shit talking and, and shit that I do in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying so, <laughs> you know, would, Omar. Would, would you say that the kitchen gave you like a certain amount of structure, like a different kind of? Because I'm I'm sure there's a jail structure, and you're coming out and you're oh, yeah, and you're coming out and you're like working in a kitchen, and that's also like a structure. I mean, it was it was built like a battalion. It's as it's supposed yeah. to be. There's a chef. There's a sous chef. There's chef the party there's everybody underneath so it's like yes especially catering at that volume because they were pretty high end like they did every month they did like uh ellen degeneres uh what's that motherfucker from uh what's what's that motherfucker's name from seinfeld jerry seinfeld yeah there we go jerry seinfeld Seinfeld from seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) yeah that nigga uh that fucking they, they did a bunch of celebrities in L.A. Like, often. Every mm-hmm. month was like, oh, what celebrity is it now? Is it reoccurring? Is it a new one? You know, shit like that. So it was really, <clears throat> like, you, you had to be on point. Like, the shit they taught me there is the shit that I carry on no matter what restaurant I work for or no matter what chef I work for. 
Mm-hmm. It's an assembly line, literally an assembly line, catering. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they taught me the structure there was just, I mean, we're all one. Right. If one fuck up, we all fuck up. Yeah. You know if one chain breaks, everybody breaks. Yeah. Exactly. And, but so that was, that was challenging for me because being, you know, what they, it's not military mindset, but it kind of is when you're in jail, when you're locked up, you know say, mm-hmm. and like, you got to follow suit, you know, you will mind somebody. And so I always had that mentality of taking orders from somebody in charge. You know mm-hmm. So that kind of made it easier. And I was just fresh out. So it was just adapting to a new structure, which it wasn't too hard because I was out. I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I was like a big plus, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, this shit was, that was my first introduction. That was like the first real, oh shit, I got a job. I didn't pay well. I mean, that's how I was making more. Like, I mean, I was making like nine, $9 an hour. My first, like my first dishwasher job, I was making, I think, four seventy five, which was like the minimum wage at the time. So, like, my first paycheck was like three hundred bucks. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That's it <laughs> yes, it is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I can say c crazy. words. <laughs> uh, so, wait, what happened after that? Like, what, what was your job uh, after that? So, I ended up. I'm long story short. Like I said, I'm not gonna get too much detail because I could could incriminate myself but don't no incriminations i i ended up going back yeah i'm not going to go into details but i ended up i ended up getting a little fist fight and dude called the cops so i went back to jail so i lost that job yeah i I felt so ashamed like that was the first time ever i really felt like i mean besides disappointing my mom's like but like a grown-ass nigga gave me an opportunity mm-hmm. and, I, and I fucked up. I, w- I was ashamed to go back and ask for my job again. I mean, I only did 30 days. I knew damn well my job was secure. I, I could come back. Mm-hmm. But like, I was so ashamed that I, I don't know if I could. You know what I mean? So I ended up moving. I ended up moving from Highland Park, which is like the Mexican side of LA, East LA, shit like that. I ended up moving from there to uh riverside oh. and i got me a job at, i got me a job at wava grill wava you ever heard of wava grill i think yeah, so yeah they do burgers yeah, supposed to be like, nah 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 they do they do like healthy steak and teriyaki chicken everything's teriyaki okay yeah, yeah okay. on rice or steamed vegetables mm-hmm. so i ended up working with i ended up working with them for like two weeks and one of the managers just noticed that i was too good for that simple job like they had niggas from high school there college you know just working to you know me that was just the first place that gave me a job while i was still on parole mm-hmm. i mean so they ended up they ended up moving me up to corporate and i started fucking around with all the corporate chefs really yeah and they were like yo you're you're too good like your knife skills are too good you're butchering and filleting you know, all this shit with a cleaver. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, what, that's, that's, how, that's the way I got showed. So they were like, you're too good. We give you a smaller knife, a chef knife, and you go buck wild. Like, so I, I just, I had a good teacher. I had a good, you know, person to teach me how to use a, how to use a knife properly. So, mm-hmm. 
So I was there. I was there probably like another year and I ended up getting into it with my own neighborhood and, and, and you know, my family. Yeah, I moved, I moved down here, moved to San Diego. First job I had here was uh, Old Town Mexican Cafe. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I don't want to say I love that place, but I, I like that place. <laughs> i I I I, I like I like, like drinking I, I like drinking at that place. I'll, I don't like was, the food. I like drinking the I like margaritas. So yeah, so it, it was it was different for me because, like I said at the beginning, San Diego is the only place where Mexicans look at me as a Mexican. Mm. So growing up in the family, you know, pops had a whole another side of the family. Mm. You know, got with, had black kids, and you know, was did all that thing. So I used to love hip hop. Ever since a young age, I, I ditched the, I ditched the cowboy hat for a fucking, I ditched the Tejana for a fucking Kango hat. You know what I'm <laughs> since I was a kid, so you know I used to wear windbreakers and Pumas, the BKs, the LA gears with the lights. Like I really thought I was a little b boy at fucking six, seven, eight years old. And I'm, uh. <clears throat> so I used to love hip hop. Yeah, I still love Mexican music because you know one of the first shit I heard. Like, you know, especially my mom's too. So, like the Mexican side of the family, the Mexican side of the neighborhood would always like push me away. Mm. You know, little little mayate, or this and that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That so, I mean, them, you know, they would just like come here. You know, yeah, you can roll with us. So, not only that, but my older brothers from that side of the family were just like, come on, blood, like, fuck them niggas and come over here. You know? mm, mm-hmm. So, I spent a lot of time with them. And uh, so that's why I'd say, like, my style is just different. The way I talk is just different. You know, you, yeah, I speak Spanish and all that, but I don't speak English like, or I live, you know, and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Like, like you see more. Yeah, at, the time, yeah. at the time, you know, if you talk different like that in the 90s, you were considered, you know, low mayatero, mm. you know, so. I mean, it is what it is. When I got locked up, it was the same thing. Like, oh, you running with? You got, you got the gang, you got the hood on you, but it, it's it's blood. It's not it's not the essays. I don't see a thirteen on you, mm. and that's what it was. I you know I ran with the blood. So I was gonna say, like, my first job here was an old town Mexican cafe where it's just all Mexicans. Yeah, yeah, all, for sure. Um, <laughs> every kitchen, every, every, every kitchen down, down here is all Mexicans. <laughs> Facts. So. You need some water. It was, it was nah, I'm good. Okay. Because yeah. you keep coughing. Nah, you know, <laughs> I think it's just a habit, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not water, that's Coca-Cola. I didn't say I was gonna drink water. <laughs> it's better for your throat. <laughs> there you go. No ads, no free ads. But no, you are I'm saying drink- is that yeah, that that's that, water. That's, that's water. <laughs> but uh no yeah so it was yeah i was still looked at different mm-hmm. because i don't i don't walk the same i don't talk the same and like if i can i don't really speak spanish you know what i'm saying like it's just i don't i don't know why you know so you're not accustomed to it yeah so mm-hmm. you know being around so many mexicans was, was kind of hard you know what I mean? Really? Especially, 
especially in the kitchen. Yeah, we got nothing in common. Nothing in common. You know, know saying? Like, it's funny because I went to all my high schools that I went to were like mostly white. But when like the first time I stepped to a new kitchen with like all Mexicans, it still felt like home because it's just like, oh, OK, these are my people. And I sp- I I don't speak Spanish well, but I mean, I speak Spanish enough. And it's just like, yeah. I, I, it's like, we talk shit, we get along. It's just like, I don't know. Cause you know, I spent a lot of time in TJ as a kid with my grandma. Uh, yeah. My mom like speaks fluent Spanish. And it's just like, when I was growing up, it was like the little Mexicans that there were, I still hung out with them. So going into a kitchen, it was just like, it's just like, here we are. Yeah. And it just, I, it just feels like, oh, okay, this is, this feels comfortable. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not like that for me. Like when there's, when there's, when you got black folks in there, like when, cause I met Bryant when I started working at uh, the patio, mm-hmm. like when I met all y'all, Bryant was in trouble. So they moved him to the morning shows. Oh no, they moved him to the night shows. Mm-hmm. They kicked him from prep. So they put him at night to prep at night. So because he couldn't show up on time. Yeah. You know, I ran it. OG was one of the first niggas I walked. I walked when you walk through that hallway and you go to the dish, but he was there washing dishes. Mm. And he was the first one to greet me. Like, oh, what's good? You know, acceptance right away. No question. Are you Mexican? Nothing. Just mm. acceptance right away. And then, you know, the following day I showed up for morning prep just to, you know, get the hang of some of the things that we were doing at night. And I met Yada. Of course he was late. I met, I met, I met Blood. So, and then I met Geo. It just, it's. I seem to pull more towards yeah that than Geo. I'm saying, mm-hmm. even though Geo's a little ghetto and black himself, I still gravitate more towards them than my own kind because, like, that's just just embedded in my head from all these years. That's mm-hmm. And and I I just feel like I'm being judged when. When I'm speaking like this, you know, when I'm at work, it's all another thing. I'm, I'm, judge, I'm judging you right now. Oh, that's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I know you. Like, you're not even Mexican. You're white. You're a white person who went to TJ. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> End of story. I'm sticking to it. That's what I tell people. Like, yo, what is, what's your cousin? I'm like, oh, that nigga white. He speaks Spanish well. <laughs> hey, that's fine. <laughs> white, people, white people don't think I'm white, but it's, it's completely fine. My English is better than theirs. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so yeah, man, that that's my introduction to the kitchen and into the San Diego kitchen. What what yeah. came after Old Town Mexican Cafe? Uh, patio. Oh no shit! So you went okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, actually, no, no, no. I'm lying. The Red Door. Oh, there shut the fuck up! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bitch Carrie, whatever name was a chef there. N- no names, but that's fine. If if that's if. The bitch. Uh, if you're gonna call her a bitch, no names. <laughs> Carry the bitch. Anyway. Uh, you know me, baby. You know me. It's just, it just no. It I just know. Comes out. No, I know. I know. But uh, I'm busting yeah, your balls. She, remember that? Uh, what was that nigga's name? Not Eddie. The other Mexican, Gustavo. Oh yeah, Gustavo. Yeah, that fucking. Hey, he he was dope with food. He was good with food. Oh, the, oh, his oh personality was great too. He was cool with me. I know you're looking at me like that. Anyways, <laughs> I I saw him walking down the street one day. I was smoking outside, waiting for the bus. I just got off. I just got off and working the red door. I used to work there in the mornings. 
uh-huh. in Old Town at night. Oh, no, I had just got fired from Old Town because I slapped one of the dishwashers. Oh, poor dishwasher. He probably didn't deserve it. He's a dishwasher. Not, what what, what gonna, job gets get into, what job gets lower than into, a dishwasher? We're not going to get into why I smacked him. And he's lucky I smacked him and did it close fist. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, smacking like a bitch he is. <laughs> uh, so I got fired for that. Uh-huh. And he got fired for provoking. And it wasn't the first time. I already had problems with the owner's son and a couple other like prep cooks there. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone got tired of walking around with a red handprint on their face. Nah, because you know, you know they be playing that little gay shit, trying to grab your ass and do all this. Like, bro, I ain't with that shit. Nah, give a fuck if this is how y'all niggas play. <laughs> Not me. Back the fuck up. I don't play that shit. Words? Yeah. But once you start trying to touch, you won't get smacked. And he didn't think I was serious. So the first one got smacked. And then the rest just kind of fell in line because I was mad. But we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was working at the red door. I was there for like two, three months. Uh-huh. And I see that nigga just hobble walking by one day. He like looked at me because he was on the phone. He looked at me and I was looking at him and I was smoking and like he hesitated. And I was like, yo, you guys hiring? And he's like, yeah, I'm hiring. I'm hiring a pantry. Like, so yeah, I work right here. I saw my chef course. I work right here. And he's like, oh shit, cool, cool, cool. He said, come by tomorrow, bring your resume. I, said, I don't have a resume, but my chef right here, right now, you can talk to her. And he's like, Carrie, fuck that bitch. I was like, cool. That's when I started. So <clears throat> he took off the next day. I come by and I forgot, I forgot his name. So I was like, to me, it was weird seeing, first of all, seeing a Mexican chef mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was what, CDC or executive, yeah, he, something like that. I know he was like an executive sous chef, I think, at the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, because Eddie was CDC. Uh, was he? So, that's, that's fucking hilarious. Just thinking about yeah, that. That's it's funny. I got off work the next day and I walked I walked down the street and I went to the patio and I ran into uh what's her name? Your girl, uh the old lady, the hostess with the big old booty. Who? You remember the, the old hostess, the old lady. Maria? Big old booty. Nah, the white lady. I didn't even know. The white older lady with a big old fat booty. Anyways, nah, not Maria. I love Maria. She was man, she was the best. Yeah, she Anyways, was the best. So I walked up and, you know, started chopping it up with her. Like, yeah, I'm here looking for a job. And Mexican dude with tattoos told me to come by. And she was like, which one? <laughs> like all of them? I don't know. A dark one with hair. Like <laughs> tattoos. And so Eddie came out. And Eddie, you know, Eddie. Mr. Yeah. So yeah. Fucking sat there and crossed his legs at the fucking bench outside. And was like trying to talk to me and shit. Shout out to Eddie. You probably ain't going to hear this, but shout out to Eddie. He was cool. Still a bitch, but he's cool. So, yeah. So he was like, can you stage right now? I think it was like a Friday or something. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And he put me on. He took me in. And that's when I met Bryant. And he took me in and put me on pantry with, uh, remember Sabrina? The white girl that spoke Spanish. The pastry chef? She was like a pastry girl for a little bit? Was she? I think she was. She was on. She was on salad, so I'm. Oh, she was trying to, yeah, yeah. She was trying to okay. transfer over with Ellie. So yeah, I worked with her that day, Davis or Davies. Sorry, 
yeah, I guess Davis liked it. Shit, thought it was cute or something. It was like, yeah, come back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just fucking around. She did though, but nah, we just skipped that part. Yeah, told me to come back the next day, and I came back, and Eddie was there, and I met I met John, I met uh, Ambrose and Jaron that night. Jaron, me back on Yeah, my boy Jaron, love that motherfucker, man. But uh, yeah, so I mean that that that's how I got into the patio. And after the patio came, Kettner Exchange. Okay, yeah, remember I took off. Remember I left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Kettner Exchange was dope. I don't think it's still open though. There's uh, never mind. Anyway, let's talk about your pandemic because you left the industry for a little bit. <laughs> uh, you're back yeah. now, but you had some side hustles when when everything was gone, and so, it was actually something that I. Like, I was super down for it because you, you were doing new shit. Yeah, so before me and uh, me and that one dude from India started catering business. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and it was going to be mixed food, so mixed Mexican and Indian, mm-hmm. you know, ingredients and, you know, plates and stuff like that. And, I mean, that was going well. That was, that was going well, and, you know, we started getting recognition and stuff like that. And uh, he ended up falling out, you know, because of the pandemic. You know, he didn't want to take his chances. His hustle just, his, the whole morale, the whole will to work just left him. You know, for somebody who cooks for a living and for fun, like, even, even though you don't want to cook, I mean, you still won't cook, especially if there's money involved. You know right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, personal problems, and, you know, we ended up just, just going our own ways, but. Yeah, that was dope, man. That was a that was a nice little experience running your own business, you know, starting with a hundred dollars in your pocket, having to owe ten thousand dollars in fines right off the gate. That was fun. That was real fun. Is is that fun? Because it sounds like the opposite of fun. <laughs> it's challenging. See, like me, I don't like the easy shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying I can go take over any one of these fucking taco shops, these little fucking places, but it's not challenging. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want the high-end shit. I want the shit that's going to make me break down when I get home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The shit. That's, that's why I love working with Will so much. Oh, I fucking hated Will. I fucking hated Will. But I love that motherfucker. Mm. Because he would push me every fucking day, whether I wanted to or not. I want Will on this I podcast. Be- because I think Will has, mm-hmm. like, a just a whole different view. Just coming from New York, yeah. he has a whole different view on food. Because it's just oh, like yeah, a it's, whole it's completely mentality. right. It's a different culture over there. His mentality is just different. Right. You don't take no breaks. Right. You go out for a smoke break, you finish that smoke break, you get right back to the grind. Right. There was no in between. You from the minute you clock in, you go hard. So the minute you clock out, and once you go home, you work on shit for the next day. Mm. That was his mentality. I say I hated working with him because I wanted to stab that motherfucker. <laughs> I wanted to put hands on him. I wanted to chunk him with that little nigga every motherfucking day. And let alone the fact that he was living with me. Oh, that's right. You guys live together. Yeah. So, but it taught me what it was like to be a chef who didn't have enough room to expand. Whatever was going on at that time with him also affected the way he worked. Mm. I mean, his, his creative mind was still amazing. His shit right. was still OP, but when he was 
throwing microwaves on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of affected how he, how he was at work. Yeah. <laughs> no, offense, no offense, Will. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> let, let alone the fact that we were both alcoholics at the time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Any excuse just to bring. So, like, but I, I feel like if I feel like if me and him were to meet in a restaurant right now, we can easily get a Michigan star in two years. Mm. I don't like to use the word sober. I just stopped drinking. So I'm you're sober. No more. Yeah, I never had a problem. With it. You know what I'm saying? Leave that. I'm sober. I've been sober two years. For the people who actually have a problem, with it, I just quit because mm-hmm. I got tired. I got tired of it. I got tired of waking up and having a drink again just to feel okay, just to get onto my. So I just left it alone. But I honestly feel like me and Will. Not only that, but the people I've met too, who who want high end shit, who who get a hard on for high end shit for tweezer plating, because I, nigga, I love tweezer plating, mm-hmm. and that to me is like, fuck everything else, nigga. Let me place this with my tweezers. You told me no, I'll probably throw a fit. Mm. Like so, and I got that shit for Will. Will always has little tweezers, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. I got, always right, got, right in the top yeah. pocket of his apron. Exactly. So, you know, other tweezers that I got shit now that I can't even use. I use some, you know, for garnishment and shit like that where I'm at. But I honestly feel with Will leading and me as a Sue and the right people with us mm-hmm. that, that I've met, like we can get in, we can get a mission started to use. Would you ever go to New York, though? Because he's back in New York. Is he? Damn, I haven't talked to him in so long. Yeah, he's back in New York. If I don't know what he's doing. We're going- if he was to tell me, like, yo, we're going for a Michelin star, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go to New York. I'll walk there if I have to. I mean, there's planes and trains and automobiles. So I think, I think, hey, I don't think not everybody has money like you. <laughs> it's, it's a one way trip, isn't that expensive? So I think you'd be good. Where, where are you zooming from right now? Hawaii? No, no, nah, Chula Vista. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big CV. <laughs> but that that's something that excites me you know not only that but the shows i don't watch regular tv like y'all people you know what i'm saying like oh, my excuse, shit excuse me. even even when i left the industry mm-hmm. everything i watch on youtube if i was to show you my youtube history right now it's all food it's all Michelin star. It's all people who worked at Michelin stars. It's all interviews about Michelin stars. It's all gourmet. It's all high end. It's all precise shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I used to, I used to say like, Will used to ask me, how's this taste? It's perfect. I said, I don't like that word. Perfect. Nothing's said, perfect. Well, it's right where it needs to be. But see, that's how his food works. Mm-hmm. He didn't get it. He's Will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like me. Just like me. I'm never comfortable with something. I always want better. I always want more. I want to challenge myself. That's how that nigga is. Mm-hmm. Just 10 times worse. You know I'm saying so. Yeah, man. Like he, he gave me the will to want to do something like top notch shit to be, to be the best, to be. I don't want to be mediocre like the rest of these niggas. Right. You know right, right. So Will gave you the will know. to be better. Yeah, but like that. No, no pun. From, uh, from, so wh- where from do you all from all the bullshit that he, that he put me through? 
Mm-hmm. And it's easy to say, like, damn, he's three times bigger than this movie. You should have knocked him out. It was that self-control because I knew I was going to get better. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, he wasn't disrespecting me. He was just, just pushing you. He was, he was just a mad chef. He was a madman going through some shit that couldn't let it out. So he would let it out at work. Because he knew if he pulled that shit at home, I probably would have beat his ass. Right. But right, I worked right. with that. I worked with the thing. He's the boss. He understood that no matter what, it was yes, chef, no chef. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I thank him for that. But at the same time, it was like, I kind of wish he wouldn't have been going through whatever he was going through. Because we could have done we could have done some serious damage that downtown where we were at. So it is what it is. Lesson learned. Wait, so going off that, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do I see myself in five years? Mm-hmm. I don't even know, nigga. Like, it's one of those things that whatever the universe has for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it brings, I can't really dis- I can't really say I have a goal uh, in the restaurant industry. Of course, I want to have my own business again, my own restaurant. I just don't know. I can't give you a, a time for that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable where I'm at, which is weird for me to say because I don't like comfort. I don't like the comfort. I like, I like the unknowing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be there tomorrow, type of thing. Right. Even though I know I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do, mm-hmm. and I got a good, I got a really good mentor right now. His name's Jeff. I got a really good mentor who's giving me the opportunity to, to outshine other people and and to outdo myself. I don't know. I don't know where I'm, where I want to be at five years. So if they gave you a chef, if they gave you a chef opportunity, would would you take it? No, no, really. Why? I'm not ready for it. Really? Yeah, I'm not ready for it. There's so much, there's so much of sushi that I don't know. Like I'm barely scratching the surface. Mm, like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know because of necessity, I'm doing certain things that I shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. but I'm picking up on it pretty quick. Because uh, it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new. I've never done sushi. Yeah, I cut fish and I know a little bit about fish and stuff, but not like not like these sushi niggas, you know what I'm saying? Not like not like my chef, you know, this nigga has been doing it. He he does it for a living. He right. does the shit in his sleep. So mm-hmm. you know. But I, I tell him like as as my mentor, as you see me progressing, you put me where you need me. You know what I'm saying? So he's giving me He's been giving me more and more, and you know, I'm just, I'm just taking it. If he feels I'm ready for it, then I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Which is, which is different because let's backtrack to before the pandemic, way before the pandemic, when I was still working in downtown with Will. Will had left, got a new chef, Chris. Uh, Chris, you the boy, I love you. Which is crazy because now I'm working with him again, mm-hmm. but this time I'm. I'm sober, <laughs> <laughs> which drunk. is big. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was there with him and he was he likes the he likes the high end fine dining shit as well. But he was more of a, like, this is what we're doing. This is what the owner wants. This gotcha. is how it's gonna be. Will Will was like, "Fuck the owner. This is what we doing." Yeah, you know what I'm saying, "I want to do my shit. This is my, this is my menu. This is what we do." So, you know, Chris is more like, "Let's give, let's give the crowd what they want, and please the owner at the same time." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which worked, which worked because he, he kept that place full. You know, what I'm saying both chefs. Uh, so yeah, I ended up leaving. I wanted a bigger position. I felt like I, 
I felt like I was ready to be a chef. Chris also felt like under him I could be very successful. Uh, but the owner, the owner didn't want to. You know, at that time he was paying me, I want to say fourteen dollars an hour. Oh no! And I was there, and I was there at eight in the morning till close, mm-hmm. six days a week. I felt like I, I felt like I was being disrespected, and me, I feel disrespected all the time because that's just that's just my stupid ass mentality. But yeah, uh, I ended up taking off at the time. Was the CBC there? Well, Will was there. Uh, he went. He went and became uh, executive for three local brothers. Uh, they do brewery and stuff like that. Uh, they got their own beer. It's called Mason L Works. Mm-hmm. Really good beer. Really yeah, right. good fucking beer. So at that time, they owned a couple different spots, and uh, so I went over there with him. And in no time, you know, the Sioux that he had ended up going to the restaurant in Rancho Bernardo. And I was at the one in Carmel Valley. So he made me, he made me a sue there. Right. So everything started looking a little more glamorous. Everything started looking like, nigga, we finally made it. You got your title. Like, let's see what you can do. Mm-hmm. But that was the time I wanted to kill myself. Every day I wanted to kill myself. Wait, hold on. This industry is hard. This industry is hard, man. This industry is fucked up. Like all these little niggas who tell me they want to become chefs, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. We got enough niggas already. Wait, hold on. I so th- this is why you me texted too. me I, uh, a couple days ago. I posted something on my Instagram. Uh, it was I, I'll post it as my as the the cover for this story, but essentially yeah. it had to do with sabotage. And you reached out and you were like just sabotaging what we have. And you reached out and you're like, we should talk about mental health. And I think that's a very good thing because in a lot of ways, the restaurant industry fucks with you, but it's also very, from my experience, it's very easy to ignore your mental health issues when you're working in a kitchen because you go in, you're with a lot of people, you can pretend to be fine. And then everybody wants to hang out after the shift and, you know, you drink you have a good time. And then it's just like, it's a repeated cycle of just ignoring what you're going through. And it doesn't hit you until that drive home. But once you get home where your mind just clears up, you know what I'm saying? Right. For me. So rewind a little bit. When I left the hood, when I came down to San Diego, there's a fucked up situation. I'm not getting into details, but you know, I got a couple bullet wounds and I didn't know who to trust. And a lot of my family cut me off and I cut them off. The only one I talked to is my mama, which I love. You. That's the only part. That's the only family member I I speak to, blood related, mm-hmm. from the Mexicans and the Bloods. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, coming down here, I call him my little brother, but he's not my little brother. He's so my aunt and his uncle married each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they we're just big old family, right? So I I call him my little brother because I I grew up with this little nigga. You know what I'm saying? So he's all I really had down here. Up until up until leaving patio, and I had you three niggas for me. Mm-hmm. I would always get invited to barbecues. I always get invited here. I already get invited there, and I ne- I would never attend because I'm trying to achieve something. I want I want that jacket 
with the with my name on it and the restaurant name on it. Right. You know I'm saying I felt like it meant more to me. That jacket with those letters on it meant more to me than the people who cared about. Me. And at the time it was my girl and, and my little brother and his family. Mm-hmm. We got three kids now and his oldest daughter, Jade, I love her to fucking death, but I'm not around. Right. Mm-hmm. This nigga when they go get married, I was still working at Old Town. This nigga when they go get married, but just because I always said no, this nigga didn't invite me. That's fucking. That's crazy. And it hurt. So he got married at the court or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. He didn't have like an actual party. He just went down to the court and got married. Mm-hmm. But his real brother was there. His mom, his dad, his sister was there, and obviously his wife. And I felt bad. Because I had moved, they had opened their doors to me when I first moved to San Diego. Mm. I was staying with them. And then I got a job and, you know, I moved out and shit like that. But I felt like, damn, nigga, like, really? But their excuse was like, I siempre te invitamos, pero nunca vas. He always invites, but you never go. Right. So I would always tell everybody, y'all got to let me know two weeks ahead. Because, you know, restaurant life. Shit, we still got to invite you two weeks ahead. <laughs> Facts, facts, you didn't lie. But like the restaurant thing, because they make the schedule every two weeks according to payday. Right. So I would I would have to request a day two weeks out. Mm-hmm. You know Mexicans, just a day yeah, out. Spur the, the moment. Yeah. I, I'm not like that. I'm not a spare the moment type of guy. I hate that shit. I like being prepared. Mm-hmm. I need to Man, know Sam. I need, I need I need to know where we're going. Where's the entrance? Where's the exit? Because I'm paranoid. Nah, you're on that hood shit. I just, I mean, nigga, you get locked up at 12 years old. Nah, it's too late. It was like 28 years ago. I'm good. <laughs> you you get locked up for 10 years. There we go. That, that's just my mindset. I, there's certain things that I can't break from my past. Mm. Routines that I used to do and shit like that. So that played a big part of my mental health. Mm. Of I finally got my jacket with my stupid ass name on it with a stupid-ass company logo on it. Mm-hmm. For what? To be depressed? To Wait, why, why were you depressed? Because everyone stopped talking to me. Mm. I was so busy ignoring everybody because I'm on this fucking course to be this fucking chef in my head that I wanted to be mm-hmm. that I completely ignored everybody and my phone was dry. Anytime I hit anybody up, I didn't get a response or I got a super late response. Mm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Not to not to sound it's gonna sound stupid because I know better than to say this, but not to sound weak. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing weak about depression though. I mean no, but I I think that's a that's a big misunderstanding. No, but it feels good when somebody reaches out, when somebody gives you attention. Oh yeah, for sure. Whether 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 it's the homies or whether it's a bitch or whether no matter who it is, Mm -hmm. it feels good. I'm saying I wasn't getting none of that. I had reached the point where I wanted to be at. And I had nobody to celebrate it with. Mm. Nobody gave a fuck that I was chef. Nobody gave a flying fuck who I was because of the person that I made myself become to get there. I'm not saying Will was a bad person, but he did teach me some amazing things and some horrible things. Each chef has that. Each chef will show you the good and the ugly. Right. right, right. Mm -hmm. And I would demonstrate more of the ugly, more of the aggressive side, more of the fucking... This is even before I became a chef, I was like that. Shit needs to run a certain way. Let's run it a certain way. Mm-hmm. There's no, 
if the line's here, we better not be here or up here. I'm saying it's this is the way we go. Right. I'm saying me not going against the grain was fucking me up because I had that mentality of this is what I need to pursue. pursue. This is what I need to get. This is this is what's going to separate separate me from being mediocre. Mm-hmm. I have a phobia of being called mediocre. It's just like I'm scared of spiders. <laughs> I'm scared of I'm scared of that word mediocre. Wait, all spiders? Yeah, nigga, fuck them. <laughs> so you'll never be Spider Man, is what you're telling me? Hell no! Nah. <laughs> fuck no! Man, I'm not turning to Spider Pig instead. So at that time, I didn't notice, but I went. My my old chef said I went three months without saying a word. Really? Not joking. Not, not talking shit. Like nothing. I feel like we, we were still talking. Yeah. Yeah, we never lost contact, but we never kept contact like that. Like, we didn't hang it out. It was always... Like, you were yeah. always too busy. You worked up in North County. You were... Exactly. Mm. That was my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get away from everybody. I was pushing everybody back. Even this girl, Maria, that I was dating at the time, I was pushing her aside. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was pushing her aside because I felt like she wasn't giving me what I needed, what I needed from her was the support mm. she didn't give a fuck she didn't give a she didn't give a fuck as long as i came home and cooked for her she didn't give a fuck how my day went nothing nothing i didn't notice none of that until until my chef at that time justin mentioned it like something's wrong with you I said what you mean like yeah something's wrong with you. you have no emotion on your face you look blank like yeah you're still providing service you're still providing us with these good dishes and you know Mm-hmm. But you're not, you're not you. For one, I haven't heard you talk shit in three months. <laughs> Let alone laugh. Which is which is super rare. You always talk shit. I talk shit in my sleep, nigga. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but they made me go. They made me go see a, a therapist. Oh no, shit. Yeah, I saw her for one day. Fuck that bitch. Uh, I saw her one day. This guy. <laughs> you probably should have seen her for like two weeks. I should have. I should have. I should. I, sh- I should still be. It's the mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay? The mentality of a man. A man doesn't need therapy. A man doesn't show emotions. A man doesn't show love. A man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The shit we. The stupid shit that that the world has us thinking that men should be. That men should be this. So <clears throat> society has us so fucked up that you as a man need to be the provider. You need to dig down your girl well. You need to be Superman. You you need to be like an emotional rock. No fucking emotions whatsoever. No negative emotions. Exactly. Yeah. And that, I mean, you know, if I'm, that's fucked me up for like a long time because I've been depressed for like a long fucking time. And it's just like, it took like a lot of shit for me to like finally see that, you know what? I'm fucked up and I need therapy. Like I barely started, I barely started going to therapy. And I, I should have yeah. gone to therapy like 12 years ago. And, and, and it's fucked up because you raised a kid like that. I'm not saying your kid's fucked up, but... Yeah, he's fucked up. You, <laughs> you, <laughs> he's fucked you, up. You There's a reason we don't have a great relationship because <laughs> I, fuck, yeah. I fucked him up like as, as, a, as a parent that didn't know what he was doing. Like, exactly. I should have... Like, there was certain points along the way when I should have been like, I need, I need help. And like, I never asked for help. I was like, I'm just going to push through this 
and I'm going to raise them the best way I know how. But the thing about being a parent is you don't know how to be a parent. Nobody teaches you to be a parent. Like nobody teaches you like there's a bunch of emotional highs and lows when it comes to being a parent. Like it's hard. It's hard as fuck. And especially when you're especially when your kid like has certain needs that you don't know how to deal with. Society has has us so fucked up that if a girl slaps me in the middle of the street, ain't no bitch gonna run up and protect me. No, no, not at all. They'll probably be like he he deserved he probably deserved that. (laughs) Yeah, if some random bitch just walked up and slapped me, ain't ain't, ain't none of these females gonna step up and and help me. You know what I'm saying? If anything, they're gonna help her. Right. Because she's the victim. Right. But if a nigga was to walk up and smack a bitch in the middle of the street, you got like four or five niggas running up to this one nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because society has it so fucked up. I mean, your girl can be beating you and you'll you'll call the cops on her. Guess who's going to jail? You, nigga. <laughs> Not her. <laughs> you. Trust me. My ex called the cops because she stabbed me three times. I still went to the... I, they took me to Bucky. Leaking. Out my left side. Even though she called and said, I just stabbed my boyfriend. The cops showed up, put me in cuffs, and took me to jail. That's crazy. And so... I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from women because obviously women have all the power. No. It's just society has us. Society has us so fucked up in the head. I think women have be... women have power in certain situations, and men have power in other situations. But yeah, but, I, I also think no, that this is... there's a lot of women that don't give a fuck about our mental health. It's like, oh yeah, like because why society, are you weak? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like if I told you, yo, cuzzo, I saw a unicorn today. When I was driving on the freeway, mm. you ain't gonna believe me. I've never lied to you, but you still ain't gonna believe me. Why? Because you've never seen a unicorn. Unicorns are non-existent. It's a figure of imagination. So, going back to my ex, I came home to her one day in tears because I was riding around with my strap in the car, coming back from work. It was one in the morning. I'm tired as fuck. My whole body aches. My body aches regardless. Mm. From getting, I've been shot nine times. My body hurts regardless. I have nerve damage. I got missing parts of my stomach, so I can't eat certain foods because it won't digest. Like my my body is fucked up. Mm-hmm. I got metal screws. I got titanium plates. I'm all fucked up. So my body hurts regardless. But this day was just it was like a headache, but an outer body headache, mm. like a ring around me that was just burning, and I was aching. And I came home. I cried like one or two tears because men ain't supposed to cry. And she looked at me and was like, what's wrong? I said, I think I'm depressed. She said, man up, nigga. <laughs> and that's she, she that's threw, a perfect answer. She, she threw my pillow and a blanket on the floor and said, you sleeping on the couch, you can man up, nigga. That's fucked up. This little four foot eight bitch, 85 pound little chick just told me to man the fuck up and sleep in the living room until I'm, I'm mad enough to come in the room. How do you think that made me feel? I was with this chick for three years. I'm sure that made you feel like shit because that's super I've, fucked up. I've had I've had makeup and eyelashes and shit all on my shoulder from her crying all the fucking time because she was emotionally damaged. But yet the one time her nigga come home crying, leading mm. the shoulder, leading the it's okay. What is it? We're going to get through it. She said, man the fuck up. No nah, shit. Man, the fuck up. So every time, 
that's what I'm saying. Society has us so fucked up. We become, we become a machine. Mm-hmm. Right? You wake up, you brush your teeth, you drink coffee, you drink coffee, whatever your, whatever your morning routine is, you get in your car, you wait till it warms up, you fucking turn on the AC, you put on the music, you drive. You get to work, you say hi to the same fucks every single day. Right. You go and you sit down or you go to your prep station or you, whatever your job is. Mm. Sit at your desk. It's the, it's the same shit. You talk to the same people about the same shit. And nobody do nothing new because we don't realize that we're mentally fucked. And it, it's a cultural thing. As as colored folks, we have that we have that generational trauma, that generational mental fuckness that my dad went through that my mom went through that my grandpa's went through that my grandma and 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 then uh, you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. from from moving from mexico to the united states and you're looking down upon everything is dna right no right? yeah so whatever my dad's struggles were whatever my mom's struggles were i carry those why because i was brought up in their parenting skills just like everybody else that's colored mm. to have the same problems. My, 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 my dad wasn't broke before he left. He owned his own shop. He, he was a mechanic. He wasn't broke, but we lived like we were broke. Even when I have money, I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because we don't know how to act. You give me $1,000, nigga, I think I'm rich. $1,000 <laughs> will pay my motherfucking rent, bud. Like, you know what right, I'm saying? Like, no. And I'm spending that $1,000 because exactly. it's Because like, we like, don't know how to act. Right. We don't so, know how to budget. We don't know how to fucking. All that is all that is carried down. His traumas were brought on to me because he had anger issues, and he used to beat the bad out of me. Mm. Not in a Which bad way. I was bad never kid. works. <laughs> exactly. So I felt like I've never been ready to have a kid because I'm not mentally stable for a relationship, let alone to raise a little. I mean, that's the reason why I'm not in a race relationship right now. Because I got I, I got I in my last to. relationship and I'm just like, you know what? Like if I can't be by myself for 15 <laughs> minutes without feeling sad or feeling angry, like yeah. how am I supposed to take that trauma into like another relationship? I've already hurt like yeah. a bunch of people. Am I gonna hurt somebody else? An unwilling participant. Like yeah. you don't you don't know what I'm going through, but I'm just gonna go into that relationship, be angry. And then just fucking take it out on you at the end of the day. Yeah. Like there's and at the end of the day, you carry whatever problems they had because you went through it with them. Right. So now and you then, don't trust the next one. So now you got twice, you got twice as many problems. Right. And so yeah. So leading back into mental health and working in the kitchen, you don't know you have a problem. You go to work, like I said, you do the same thing every day, talk to the same people. The escape becomes the problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was my that was my thing. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize my mood changed. Mm. I didn't realize anything was wrong with me until it got brought up. Mm. I didn't want to accept as a colored as a colored man. You can't tell me I'm depressed. That's for the weak. Like, I ain't no bitch. Right. You know right, right. But it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to we need to break that generational curse of thinking that men are macho. And women are glamorous. They go through worse shit than us sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Mental, mentally, from I know mentally women and physically who've been pregnant and lost a baby, mm. either too soon or too late. Mm. Like 
once that has a heartbeat late. Oh, that's like, yeah, that's fucked up. And and they just they get so fucked up. I know women who who've had kids and come out perfectly fine. I also know women who've had kids and shave their fucking head off like Britney Spears because they don't know why. They just something's wrong with them. So they're gonna shave their fucking head or shave their eyebrows or do something stupid to their body. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they don't realize what's going on, but it's that whatever I forgot what it's I can't think Postpartum? of. Postpartum? Right yeah, exactly. There mm-hmm. you go. So me having an escape was trying to become this this chef that was flawless. Mm-hmm. In my cooking, there was no my shit was as perfect as perfect can be. Mm-hmm. And the people around me encouraged me. Yeah, this shit bomb. This shit, ooh, sell out every night, every night. All my specials sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out. Mm. And then it started becoming a routine. And I don't like routines. Mm. I don't. Once I catch myself doing the same shit over and over, it fucks with me. Right. Yeah, everything was going good. Mm-hmm. But temper was like, nah, I need some drama, nigga. Just because you lock me up in the back of your head doesn't mean I'm not here. Man. I need to slap somebody. I need a, I, need, I need some hood rats. I need a fifth. I need some cocaine. Gator needs his gap, bitch. Pretty much. Right. This nigga was like, I need, I need out. I need out. I started fucking one of the servers while I had a girl. I mean, my girl didn't know about it, but not like fucking with her, just mentally. She mm-hmm. was giving me the attention that I wasn't getting at home. Right. And she had a man, but it was the same shit. You know what I'm saying? This nigga go too macho running around the house, you know. And then I gave her the attention that 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 she I gave her the cuddles that nigga was refusing her. Mm-hmm. Now look at you a cuddler. So, I mean you don't get big for nothing, nigga. Like <laughs> once that Joe to see or that Joe come on, that Joe oh, one, you need the cuddles. <laughs> hell yeah. I need the cuddles. Slip some Tony Braxton in that motherfucker. Ooh. <laughs> oh wait. Yeah, I'm telling you. I was battling myself and I still am. I wake up in the morning. I, I look in the mirror as I'm brushing my teeth and like, you're a fucking piece of shit. My nigga. Oh, you look in the mirror. I don't even look at the mirror myself this, anymore. So this day, so this day I still do that. Mm. Like you're fucking, you know how much pain you've caused in the past. So my, my biggest thing, cause everybody was like, you need, you need to go to church. You need to, you need to do this. You need to do that. Right. Religious style. Right. So before I got into to becoming a Muslim, they were telling me all this. And, and my biggest thing was, how can something forgive me when I can't forgive myself? Right. I still have nightmares. I still hear things. I still see things. I can smell blood. Mm. Shit that I've done in prison. I've stabbed niggas in, in my cell. Mm-hmm. And they were in there for two, three days before someone noticed. What? Nigga? Like, you kidding me? I did that? Like, why would I do that? You know what I'm saying? But that's that those are my battles every morning. Right. You know but I mean, mean, those are my, the thing is you believe in something bigger than yourself. Now I do. Mm-hmm. Now I do. And that's how I get on my day laughing and smiling and being me. Mm-hmm. Without the drinking, without the drugs, without without the hood rats, without the meaningless sex, without the strip clubs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everything that I was I don't need that no more. I can sit here, look at my blank TV. And just stare at my TV. Because I mean, I'll be honest with you. Since I've known you, I mean, you have definitely showed growth as a human being. Like you are, you are a better person than you were seven years ago. I mean, you still talk the same amount of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like you've never stopped talking shit. But I mean, I've I've seen you grow and I've seen you progress and I've seen you like learn learn from 
past mistake. Yeah, and I think that's cried. that's super big. Don't I mean if you want to cry, that's fine. I'm I'm not posting a video, so nah, it, this kidding. is all audio. But, so no, like that the growth is just I hope people can see it. I'm really fucked up. I mean, I'm really fucked like, up I'm, too. So I'm a yeah, but like I want to do certain things that should put me in a nutty house. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't act upon it, but mm, you know, there's, there's <laughs> certain motherfuckers out there who who I would like to just tie up for no reason. You know what I'm saying? And like, throw them, yeah. throw them in the canyon. <laughs> they can forget about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. You know, record while the wolf's you know out of the shit like that. And laugh and at a like, motherfucking rolling down the hill. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just all aggression that I didn't know how to get out. Mm. I still don't know exactly how to get it out, but I know what helps me cope with it. Right. And I know what helps me not let it out, which is meditation. Mm. So I became I became Muslim, diehard. Got all my stuff. I, I went through the course. I did everything I was supposed to do. I got accepted in and still wasn't right. Right. I was still, still dark inside. I was still, you know what I mean? I, mm. oh, I just choke niggas i just want to i still had that in me mm-hmm. i was supposed to be holy i was reborn again how am i still feeling like this obviously your god ain't good enough just like the rest of these guys they ain't good enough mm-hmm. so all that leads in to the pandemic i'm super fucked up now now there's no leaving my house now i ain't got no job i ain't got no business partner i ain't got no bitch i ain't got no business mm-hmm now i'm like what am i doing money's not flowing in because the government likes to fuck me what am i doing hey well this nigga works out uh that female works out god damn i got like 50 people that follow me that work out fuck i'm gonna bang the line real quick yo you know i'm a chef blah 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 got what my old account before my old account i had before i got the double o chef team right right i had a lot more pictures of food Mm -hmm. so they were like Yo, you should try meal prepping. I right, let's do it. Got a little bit of money, started meal prepping for people, and that shit was going good. Mm-hmm. But I still wasn't happy. I'm sitting on my ass at home because I didn't want to work, so I couldn't work. I'm like, this is the time I needed off, and I'm still not happy. This is the vacation I needed, and I'm still not happy. Like, what's going on? So I did. I did the meal prep, little photography and stuff like that with. What's his name? And uh, mm, we have to say his name. His girl at the time, Grace, which I love to death. I just, I, just, I had dinner with her and Addie, uh, one of our other partners, uh, Emmy, last night. Mm-hmm. Made dinner and we ate. We talked. You know, we got a fashion show coming up September. Y'all stay tuned. Oh, another yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nigga, this is going banged out. This is going to be. I can't even say the details of the shit we were talking about last night, but it's it's we wilding. We, okay, we gonna wild out. Okay, I'll be I'll be so, back for that. Yeah, so we're sitting there shooting. Uh, what's his name was doing a photo shoot, mm-hmm. and me and Grace were kind of just there watching at the studio. And me and her have always had this little connection. Starts talking to me about you know meditation and stuff like that. Before that, years before that, my boy Alan he had tried to talk to me about that because he was turning like Buddhist, so the buddhist religion a lot of meditation right right yeah so he was trying to tell me about that but it wasn't right it wasn't the right time so i kind of shut up again I mm. shit. fuck you and that nigga buddha like, <laughs> wait fat buddha skinny no, buddha I mean, what, what buddha are you even talking about whichever one it was that was just i was still struggling 
you know? Mm-hmm. And she put me on to this meditation. Whether I was doing it right, whether I was doing it wrong, it made me feel better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then I started figuring out what I'm doing wrong and I started doing it right. And I started having these out-of-body experiences and I started having like no noise, no noise in my head. Mm. I couldn't hear myself. My voice wasn't in my head. Nobody else's voice. It was just blank. They get like peace, mm. peace mm-hmm. through meditation. I would sit there for hours, not even meditating. I would get into meditation and just sit there. I would forget it. I, I would forget that my legs were going numb because I was sitting there cross cross leg with my fat ass. I would forget that the fan was on. I would forget the noise outside. I would just sit there and like do nothing. And mm-hmm. then I started. I started crying because for once in my life I felt peace. Mm-hmm. I felt everything. My body had left. Everything in my mind had left. The demons had left. The voices left. Mm-hmm. The angels left. Everything good and bad had just left my brain. And I was sitting there with myself. In Nirvana, essentially. Just just floating in time. Right. It was it was amazing. The struggles I had was obviously with myself. Mm-hmm. Not not being able to forgive myself for the nigga I shot, the girl I did wrong. The dude I stabbed, whatever, whatever, whatever I did, I couldn't forgive myself. And I still don't, but I've learned to live with it. And I think it's showing at my my new job, because I have told everybody I was done with the kitchen. I ain't never going back to the kitchen. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> yeah. And like I feel like I'm excelling so much at this new job because I finally I finally let go of things. Right. I'm I'm done sabotaging myself. I'm done hating the fact that I'm happy. Mm. I feel like I don't deserve happiness still, but I'm content with it. Mm-hmm. It's there. Fuck it. It's like if I gave you a thousand dollars right now, you're going to go crazy. You're going to go spend every last penny. Oh, yeah. For That's sure. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking these good days and living them. I'm not letting nobody fuck with them. Not even myself. And I'm taking these bad days and keeping them to myself and not unleashing them to everybody else. Mm. I'm saying so we just got to find what makes us okay. There's a saying, uh, I seen it on Facebook like six years ago. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're okay with it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with waking up hating myself because the minute I walk out that door, I'm in love with myself. Right. I'm in, I'm in love with my car. I'm in love with my shoes. I'm in love. I'm grateful for everything that I have and everything that's coming to me. You know what I'm saying like going back into the restaurant business to something I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not going to say it was, cha- it was challenging because I don't have no blocking. I don't have nothing stopping me from being that person that I wanted to be. Well, I mean, you're, I get called chef. You're super talented at what chef. you do. Yeah. I get called chef every day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't blow my head up. And, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't like, oh, ooh, ooh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I'm that, I'm that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Nah, it's, I'm humbled about it because other people see my skill set. Right. So they treat me with that, with that respect. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I've been trying to do this whole time. That's all these battles with myself, all these slapping this nigga, slapping that nigga, telling this nigga to fuck off, fuck you. Obviously, <laughs> Obviously, all that wasn't worth it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, 
I mean, these are all stepping stones in the journey. Essentially, yeah, I was pursuing. I was pursuing something. I was pursuing a title that's invisible. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. I, I got the title right here, right here, right here in my hand. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. You see right through it. Ain't nothing there. It's just a title. Right. That means nothing. Nothing. But the whole time, I should have been trying to change my mentality. Right. Change who I was. Be, be happy. Be happy for yourself. Exactly. I can I can sit here comfortably now and be like, I love you niggas. How many times haven't I reached out since knowing this and been like, y'all niggas good? Y'all niggas need anything? Y'all need someone to talk to? I couldn't have done that three years ago, let alone two years ago. Mm. I'm finally in a place. Um, I'm still not ready for kids, still not ready for a relationship, but I'm in a place where I'm okay to be around other people. You know what I'm saying I'm Going okay out, to doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still I still don't want to, but I need to. That Saturday, I mean shit, I wish I wish that nigga Gio would have gone, but that, that Saturday that we went out to eat, yeah. oh nigga. Oh nigga, I'm still I'm still in the hype of it. I was super dope. You know saying? Like, like yeah. I still like I I'm still right now, I'm just happy like being alone by myself during my weekends. Like I'm not ready to be like, all right, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna meet this bitch, I'm gonna meet that bitch. Like I'm cool just like being by myself. Like I, Yeah, and you can't let society dictate your happiness. Right. Because by now, <laughs> according to society and my parents' standards, I should have had a, a house, at least 10 kids. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm barely getting the hang of myself. Right. No, and no, you, no. You need you need to enjoy that. You know, and people working in the industry need to realize that it's them, not the job. Because you're not even an industry no more. Yeah. You're one of the best fucking egg cooks I've ever met. Right. And you're, you're 100% I agree with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just facts. I've never met someone willing to flip eggs for brunch. I loved it. That was my favorite thing to do. Exactly. I don't even like to work brunch, but I'm great at it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people in the industry need to know that it's fuck that career. Right. No, 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 for sure. And you make can't sure, make, make you sure. can't make somebody else happy if you're unhappy yourself. Exactly. I mean, they it's I want to say it's cliche at that this time, but like hurt people hurt people. And if, right. if you're hurt, like you're just gonna hurt other people. At a certain point in time, it's just like you gotta realize, you know what, you're hurt. You know, take a step away and you just fucking I was I like was looking heal yourself job. before you can fucking try to be with somebody I looking, else. I was looking for a job that paid me 90k a year. Oh shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, I still would have got fired or I still would have quit because it's, it wasn't the money. I just felt like the money would have made me happy. Mm. But it wasn't. You know what I mean? That's why like people this industry's cool. You mean you mean horrible people, but you meet a lot of great people. Man, the industry is full of fucking fantastic people. Yeah, but what people need to realize about this industry is you got to put you first. Well, yeah, exactly. I I put work. If I could work seven days a week, I would. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, so I worked six for years. I worked two jobs, six days a week, seven days a week, nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I pushed everybody away from me. You know, my niece, Jade, that I love so much, she's six years old. I've been to one of her birthdays. Yikes. One of her birthdays. Yikes. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
what does that speak of me? I'm uh, trying to achieve greatness, but I'm letting down everybody holding me up. So mm-hmm. that's why I've never reached the top. You can't do it by yourself in this industry. No, not at all. You know, and like the group I got right now, I got you, I got Gio, and I got Smooth. That's good enough for me. He's not, he's not, he's not smooth. He's, yeah, that. He's not smooth. He's not smooth. He's not smooth. I've seen him. I've seen him. I don't know why they did. I don't know why they did. He's not smooth at all. (laughs) They must have let him pick his own name. They should have called that nigga Stutters. <laughs> I mean, I see a thick little pretty thing walking by. That nigga turns into fucking that little. That's all, bro. You want to smoke? You want to smoke? Yeah, man. Like, it's just this industry is hard. No, it's it super hard. Yeah. And if you let it, you won't be these motherfuckers who are 40, 50 years old and still working on the line, mm. not achieving nothing. Right. Which is okay. As long as their bills are getting paid, the family's fed. There's nothing wrong with being a 50-year-old line cook. Yeah. If you're happy, you're happy. Yeah, but... If you're not happy, that's something completely different. Exactly. But, you know, people people that want to be in this industry and think that it's cool, it's not. Mm. It's, it's, it's really not cool. It's like gangbang. It's cool at the time being until you grow out of it. Right. Or until you leave. Or until you hear you, you you get a little older and you hear these idiots talking about it and you're like stupid. Hey, oh, you dumb. Stupid. You dumb as fuck. Yeah. I mean, you go to a restaurant, a big restaurant, there's a minimum three chefs. Mm. You got 20, 20 cooks. Mm. How many of those cooks actually gonna be chefs? Oh. One, maybe. If one. Yeah, if exactly. one. There's not enough potential for us you know what i'm saying right you need some that's why you left you finally chose to put your degree to work yeah i was i'm done you know what i mean like i i didn't i knew i was first of all i knew i didn't want to be a chef when i grew up so i was like i was like oh you know what i'm gonna go back to college i'm gonna get my degree and i'm gonna leave this i love as much as i love cooking i don't love working in the restaurant industry and that's why i left so yeah like i i will i will cook my ass off at home i will eat for myself and i will be like this is delicious i could this could have needed a little bit more of this a little bit more of that but you know what next time and it's for me and i'm i'm happy yeah like it like i said if you're gonna be in the industry it gotta be for you yeah exactly trying to do the money you can't be trying to pursue being a chef because it's not worth it right it's really not worth getting to the top because you lose so much getting there because you bring the work home. Mm. Whether you want so to or not. I got, yeah, so many nights I got home at 12, 1 o'clock. I open up my laptop. I'm working. Mm. I'm working on new menu things or there's a deadline on something or I got to correct shit or I got a schedule. Or I got baby wants a dick and I'm over here fucking. <laughs> scheduling doing other shit you know what i'm saying like recipes yeah and then i shower sleep for three sleep three four hours get back up at five be at work by 5 30 do it again for for what to to be left to not get invited to barbecues to not get invited to my niece's birthday because it's a cycle Mm. and then 
you lose yourself in it and then you become hard on yourself and then you start hating work. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, that's all this job does to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Let alone the fact that half of the people at work are already in a bad mood because they got to go to work. Right. Right. Because not everybody yeah. loves their job. Exactly. Not everybody's passionate about that. And then they make fun of you if you are passionate. For people who want to get into it, don't, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Either, either you already got your foot in or don't even put it in. If you don't love food, don't get in your food. I think that's no, a, everyone loves food. No, no, no. But not everybody. Uh, no, not everybody loves food. People like food. People enjoy eating. But if you don't love, if your passion isn't food, don't get into food because it should yeah, be a it, 100% should be a passion. It should be like, I, if I, I wake up, I eat, breathe and sleep food. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, 100%. That's, That's the difference between me and a lot of these cooks, mm. a lot of these chefs. I'm willing to show people. I, I'll make the time. I'm that good that I will take the time to show somebody. Mm. I'll show you once or twice, fuck up a third time yelling at you, but that's just besides the point. That's just, mm. you know, me being an asshole, you know, yeah, that through everything he's over. I listened to that episode the other day. Everything he's overcome, I already knew. Mm. Let just being. I mean, well, you know him, so uh, you know his story. So, I mean, it, just being an Af- it, just being an Afro Afro American. Nobody nobody cares if you bang or not. If right. you're brown or black, you're automatically a gangbanger. Let alone that you listen to hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a win win. And to this day, I'm still I still got to prove myself right. to people. Right. He still has to prove himself to people. And it's like if you're not ready for that tool. Mm-hmm. It will fuck you up. Right. You will cry. You will feel some type of way. You will want to fight everybody or you're going to want to just leave. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what we don't realize. We don't realize it until we want to kill ourselves. That something is wrong. And by then it's too late. Right. Either get better or you kill yourself. Mm. You know, year after year after year after year, the suicidal rates on men increases by, I believe it was 0.98%, which is almost 1% every year. That's 70,000 people in, in, in England, in, 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 in that side of the world, killing themselves a year increases by 1%, nigga? let alone the Americans, let alone the third world countries, let alone these countries like India, where India, Iran, Iraq, Afghan, China, all them, all them on the east, where the man is still has to be the big macho, right. where the man still has to be the provider, where their culture hasn't really changed to where women have no rights. So the every the whole burden is on the men. They think it's 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 so easy carrying the burden. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's really not. And then people wonder why. Oh, his family was so great. Why did he kill himself? Like he he always he always seemed he always seemed so happy and like there were no signs. Yeah. Yeah. Like like we never knew. Like, oh well, you know. So the audio got cut off. Right. I want to say like 15 minutes after this that last part. And I figured that would be a a good part to end anyway. uh, because the conversation got uh, maybe a little dark after that.
But I mean, I think if we learned one thing, it's definitely check on your strong friends. Definitely the kitchen isn't the best place for mental health. And you know what? I think that's it. One love.